When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. So I was recently watching a a YouTube video. It's actually uh, Chris Dwayne, Greatest Truth Never Told. Um, Not a channel that I frequent all that often anymore, even though his channel is really instrumental in in getting me started on on precious metals and and kind of realizing some of the, the... problems inherent to our our current financial system and whatnot but but uh he did put up a video i want to say it was on like christmas eve or the day before christmas eve i don't know and 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 in typical you know chris Twain fashion it was talking about i think one of the words he used or one of the phrases was was moving on to another karmic or cosmic level and, and kind of that new age humanism type stuff that that my viewers know i, I and viewer, viewers and listeners know i i don't really buy into i uh <laughs> a pretty devout Christian and whatnot. So, but anyways, there was a comment on there that that I thought really is is a, a great way of summing up what I think a lot of people have to realize and in the financial world of things. I'm not talking necessarily on the level of of spirituality or or Christianity. That's all important stuff. And I even you know talked on on Christmas about it. I put a podcast on Christmas about just that. But this this comment that I want to focus on was was I think what was maybe the best part of what I gleaned from this as I was reading through the comments while the video was playing. It's by a, a, a YouTube user, Sunday White Rabbit. Quote: What people need to realize at this point is that we have to fund our own retirement as well as save our children from system failure. That's a huge task for this generation. I seriously feel that if I had never found this channel, it would be in a very bad situation in the near future. Christy, you are the greatest and literally my hero. Whatever. The the first half is kind of what I'm focusing on here. Uh, that people need to realize we have to fund our own retirement and save our children from system failure. Now that second part, I don't know. It, it really depends what, what age you are. But, but I think if there's anybody that needs saving, well, we all need saving, obviously, in, in the spiritual sense, but but financially, uh, it, it's not children, it's not the younger generations. The people that need savings are, are those, those that have actually a lot of savings currently. <laughs> the people that need saving are those with a large amount of savings, those that are closer or already in retirement. Those are the ones that are going to be hit the hardest by, I think, the, the next recession, the next uh, and, and all the the things that come along with that the the bear market and stocks at high amounts of inflation, uh, the the falling apart of of things like uh, pension funds and and hedge funds, mutual funds, four hundred one ks, all of that. Those are the people that need saving because for for two reasons. First of all, they'll have the highest amount of exposure to what's ultimately coming, and second of all, because they have the least amount of time to to recover from it. Like, look, I'm I'm 24, right? When when this all goes down, my overall exposure to to whatever assets that are going to be hugely you know damaged by this is going to be uh, pretty limited compared to somebody that's 50 or 55 or 60 or 65, right? That's maybe the worst position you can be in, right? If you're you know 75 or 80, like yeah, you're maybe not in a great position either because you've even less time to to work and whatnot. 
But, you know, if there's any solace that we can find in that, it's that, you know, at that point you're, well, you're closer to dying, right? You have less time to save. But but if you're already in retirement or you're near retirement, you already have your retirement planned out, your assets in place and whatnot. And if they are still in assets that are going to be hit hard by this next recession, by this next bear market, you're in trouble. I mean, the statistics show that, yes, there are people out there that have well-funded retirements, but there are a lot of people that are approaching or heading into retirement or, or would like to be heading into retirement soon with with a total reliance on really steady returns in the market, high and steady returns in the markets. You know, not unlike pension funds. Of course, there's a lot of people relying on pension funds getting just that, but pension funds right now, uh, there there's some that are really poorly funded, there's some that are fairly well funded and everything everywhere in between, right? But every single one of those pension funds, to some extent, is depending on consistently strong returns. Like, yeah, they can handle one year, at least most of them can handle one year with maybe a negative 5% return or something like that. But what they cannot handle is a, a negative 20% year in terms of returns, which is not at all outside the realm of possibility when you consider that a good chunk of, of a lot of these pension funds have, have upwards of 50% in the stock market, private equity, or commercial real estate. You know, pretty risky markets compared to cash, uh, bonds, uh, commercial bonds even. You know, th- those are pretty risky, maybe not even as risky as some of those other ones I, I mentioned. Uh, just like those pension funds, there's a lot of people that are depending on a steady return. And hey, guess what? 2019 was, was great for them. Even not so much 2018, but 2019 is a great year for them as we wrap this year up. Uh, but but they need that consistently. Maybe not not 30% from stocks, but but 10% at least a year. But the problem that we're running into is is that you know if you look at issues like demographics, the aging population in much of the West, the United States, uh, Europe, um, and even in places like Canada, Australia, and even places we might not consider West, but but. Uh, places like Japan, South Korea, uh, even China. Demographics are are really stacked against us, an aging population, uh, fewer and fewer uh, workers to, to support every retiree, and that's as you know the average lifespan continues to rise. Right? You have this huge pile of debt, which is going to really, I think, choke out any, any future prospects for growth. You know, there's, this, there's this parable in the Bible, which which I don't want to use and abuse God's word or anything like that, but but I think there's a good comparison that can be made here. You know, there's this parable of the seed uh, in the Bible, and, and it's talk about how seed is is sown in different areas. Um, some of it's sown on on fertile ground, and it, and it 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 grows well, and it it ultimately is uh, harvested for for a huge return. It, you know, people reap that harvest basically. That that, that that's kind of the best case scenario of course this seed is talking about you know the gospel and, and whatnot but then there's other uh fates that befall other seed that's sown on the path or or um you know various other places and one of the places is basically among like weeds among thorns and whatnot and 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 they're basically choked out by that and of course a parable is people that are choked out by the other idols in one life in one's life right uh whether that be money or, or even things that we might not consider idols as much, like working really hard or, or our family or whatever, right? Uh, 
and, and ultimately they, they you know, don't make it, I guess. And, and I think the same is, is true for where we're heading. Unless this whole thing gets blown apart, which, believe me, will also blow apart a lot of people's pension funds, 401ks, their entire retirement. Um, if, if somehow we head into a recession, we see a, a bear market in stocks, you know, pensions or, or the average retiree sees a really bad year in their retirement, that doesn't guarantee that they're going to get all that back. I mean, a good example would be uh, uh, Japan, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s. They had a huge move up, you know, a high in their stock market, the Nikkei, whatever it is, 225 or whatever. It hasn't reached new high since. That was, that was like 30 years ago, basically, coming up on 30 years ago. And it hasn't reached a new high. And when you take into account inflation, it looks even worse, right? And, and I think that's what a lot of people have to realize. There are such a large amount of people here in the United States, maybe you were one or are one of those individuals, that are, are basically counting on your pension fund or maybe Social Security or some other retirement that you've saved for, your IRA, your 401k, your own investment fund, whatever it is. And, and that's sort of what you're counting on. And, and I get it. That's worked for generations past. Maybe that worked for, for your parents, right, if you're, you're getting up there uh, closer to retirement. Certainly my, uh, my generation, millennials, that's, that's the case for a lot of our parents or grandparents. But just because it worked for them doesn't mean that it's going to work for future generations. So going back to this comment, quote, what people need to realize at this point is that we have to fund our own retirement as well as save our children. I don't know about that, but, but we have to fund our own retirement. That's a key realization that people fail to realize. And, and I don't think that throwing money, you know, uh, matching your, your company's contribution to 401k or, or something along those lines, and then expecting the market to kind of do the work for you, to fund your retirement for you with, with compounding interest and returns and whatnot, is the way to go. I'm not saying, like, don't take, me the wrong, don't take this the wrong way and, like, don't do that. First of all, don't take anything I'm saying as investment advice, right? This is my own thoughts, my own opinions. You can make these decisions on your own, consult a financial advisor, whatever, okay? But people need to consider an alternate future from what they, I guess, expect or, or at least what they've expected because of what happened with their parents, their grandparents or, or peers that are a couple years older than them or whatever, Right? There is such a vast amount of people here in the United States, in Europe, in, in you know, first world countries that are counting on those various funds to fund their retirement. They're counting on the steady market return. Right? I would even argue that they're not really the ones funding their retirement. Right? If you're throwing a certain amount in each year and you're just counting on return, just passive return through your 401k, through your pension, whatever you are ultimately probably not the one really funding your retirement. You're counting on the market, market returns to really fund your retirement. Because if it's just you funding your retirement, you, whatever you're stocking away is probably not going to be nearly enough. And so where does that leave us? Well, I think the first step here, and, and maybe for some of you that are just realizing this or, or maybe you're talking to your friends, families, parents, whatever, what they need to realize is, is that this is the first step, just realizing that the, the financial security that you may find in your 401k, your pension, whatever it is, stop. Stop finding that financial security there. Stop it right now. Because there is far more risk than any 
mainstream analyst or advisor or fund or anything is going to tell you. Far more risk. There's too much counterparty risk to put all of your faith in ultimately the system, right? Because all those things are, are to some extent part of the system. There's far more to it than that. There's there's the risk of a lot of these uh, uh, really passive funds or indexed funds or whatever completely blowing up because of lack of liquidity. You know, I was, I was reading a stat that there was, uh, oh gosh, this was crazy. It was on, on Twitter. Maybe I can bring it up here. That a huge proportion of, uh, in fact, yeah, I'll bring it up here in just a second, hopefully. A huge proportion of um, six asset managers, including uh, BlackRock and Vanguard and then some other ones, control 92% of all ETF assets. And then 118 others are fighting over the last 8% of assets, right? If that's not centralization, if that's not market risk and counterparty risk, then I don't know what is, right? There's some huge problems with that. There's problems with the exchanges. There's problems with, with pension funds, obviously, right? And so that's, that's the first key is to realize that, that you cannot find financial stability in those things. can't. You have to look at You need a backup plan. And so what is the backup plan? Well, first of all, I think the backup plan begins with becoming financially literate yourself. I'm not saying that financial advisors and whatnot, that there's not a place, a time and place for them. People are busy or people just have a, of a limited interest or capacity or whatever to, to learn or, or like get interested in this stuff. And that's fine. That's fine. But you have to understand that there is sort of the... I don't know, the establishment way of doing things. I don't even know if that's right because that almost sounds like political. But there's a certain way of saving for retirement that, again, has worked for past generations. And there's few people that will go against that, right? And so you need to realize some of these risks on your own. You need to talk to your financial advisor and say, what about this? What about this? What about this? And, and drill them with these questions, right? What if this happens? What does that mean for my pension? Right? Ask your ask your ask the pension managers, right? Do uh, some freedom of information requests if they're if they're public pensions and whatnot. Right? Get get to the bottom of this, right? And then beyond that, look for alternatives. And again, I'm not trying to steer you away from using those things. I could be wrong. Don't trust me. I'm just a guy here on the internet, right? Just another voice. Do your own research on this. And I'm not telling you to, to completely neglect or forsake 401ks or, or pensions or whatever, right? But you need a backup, right? And so, yes, I mean, part of that is for me, and, and what I talk about a lot is, is obviously precious metals as being a backup to, to all of that. I'm a much younger person, and, and I have a limited ability to relate to somebody that's you know five years away from retirement or whatnot. But you need a backup, right? And, and yeah, your house can somewhat, to some extent, fill that role if, if you're willing to do a reverse mortgage or ultimately part with it one day. Yeah, your files can to some extent fill that role. But again, don't count on it being worth as much as it currently is when you ultimately need it. But but find an alternative. Yes, precious metals are a huge part of it. Silver and gold, I think. Because they're, they're going to preserve their wealth. They may not see crazy returns, let's say over a 10-year period, uh, the, the NASDAQ has gone up something like 400%. Some select stocks have gone up like 1,000 plus percent. I'm talking popular stocks, not just penny stocks, right? Um, and, and silver and gold have that potential, but, but it's hardly a guarantee. 
What they are more likely to do is preserve their value when a lot of other stocks are, are dropping significantly. Additionally, physical silver and gold don't carry the same counterparty risk that you have when your assets are under management of, of a pension, you know, indirectly under management. They're really not your assets at that point until you retire or, or you know, if, or until you ultimately receive them, if you are even retired, uh, if, if it's a 401k, if it's a social security, I mean, those, all those funds, those future you know, owed benefits or just future you know, or stuff that you'll be withdrawing from your retirement, those are not currently under your management. There's a lot of counterparty risk with that. With silver and gold, you don't have to worry about that when it's in your own physical possession. Right. Um, additionally, you know, I think there's a lot of people that may initially respond to what I'm saying here and say, like, oh, look, you're right. I mean, the stock market is so obviously in a bubble. Like, you know, I'm getting close to retirement and, and I've I've seen some pretty good returns. Maybe I should just go ultra conservative. And of course, the the uh, the establishment line in terms of, of being an ultra conservative investor would be what cash and and fixed income. Bonds, corporate bonds, maybe government bonds, CDs, uh, even high yield, you know, savings accounts, things like that. That's kind of the the traditional way to to remove risk. But you have to understand that that's not risk. In fact, if anything, the bond market is in even a larger bubble than the U.S. stock market. I mean, for those of you that maybe don't follow my work as much, do you know something crazy? Yet there's a such thing as negative yielding government debt. It's not here in the United States yet. Although if you look at real rates. Uh, the, the the return on a bond relative to inflation. Yeah, there's some of the U.S. debt that is actually negative right now. But globally, there's upwards of, I want to say probably upwards of $10 trillion still, of negative yielding government, and, and in some cases, at some points in time, corporate debt. Negative yielding. That is a huge bubble because yield moves inversely to uh, price. So if yields are so low that they're negative, that means the price has moved up a ton that is a bubble, right? And guess what else? You may think like, well, you know, cash is prone to inflation. So are bonds. Bonds are even more prone to inflation because guess what? If you have cash, and let's say inflation jumps to 10%, which by the way, by real estimates, is probably more like 5% right now. But let's say, and not like 2% as the government says, uh, let's say it moves to 10%. Yeah, you're going to lose 10% on your cash each year, the purchasing power. That's a big hit, and that's another reason to you know hesitate uh, from from just going into ultra conservative, just going cash. Again, don't take this as investment advice. Take this as as my own thoughts, my own opinion. But bonds are going to be even more damaged by that, right? Let's say inflation doubles. What happens to those bond yields? Ultimately, they're going to go up. If they don't go up, then then they're worthless to you, right? Who cares about a two percent return if inflation is actually ten percent? But more likely, eventually, those yields are going to go up. Yields are going to go up, and the value is going to collapse, right? And so maybe it's going to yield something similar to, to inflation, although as this, this debt crisis ultimately spirals out of control in the, the medium to long-term future, uh, that, that won't matter. I mean, who will care if the yield is 12% on the U.S. 10-year Treasury bond because that's Things are going to be bad the next time the U.S. 10-year is at 12%. It's been there before, but when it moves there again, it's a bad situation, right? You won't want to be holding that debt at that point, right? Uh, it's going to be a, a, you know, there's a term, catching a falling knife. That's going to be a dangerous knife to try and catch. I don't know if there's going to be a hilt to even grab on that type of a knife, right? 
And so what I'm saying here is, is also consider, you know, if, if your advisor or, or your, your institution that you're investing through or, or manages your 401k or some other investment fund and you say, I want an ultra conservative, understand that their first default is going to be fixed income like bonds, CDs, uh, money markets, and, and cash. And what I'm saying is that those, yes, are prone to counterparty risk. There's default risk with corporate bonds, even government bonds and whatnot. But there's also a huge inflation risk inherent in that as well. And you're not going to experience that inflation risk uh, slowly, you know, 10% erosion of the value each year. You're going to experience it very quickly as those yields rise and the value ultimately drops. So even be hesitant about that. What I'm saying here is, as I'm not saying buy silver and gold. I think that's a big part of it. And I think my long-term viewers would know that that's probably kind of what I'm saying here. But really what I'm saying is do your research. Consider the alternative. Stop finding all your financial security in your current retirement funds because those things have worked for, for past generations or because they've worked for you over the last 20 years as you near retirement, right? Consider the alternative and then prepare for the alternative financially. Ultimately, though, Going back to the beginning of this video, talking about Chris Dwayne and his views on spirituality and whatnot, I'll try not to poke fun, too much fun at him. But uh, I think another thing that's been on my heart recently, you know, for me, from time to time, money is tight. And, and you know, these last couple of weeks has been a time in which money is tight. Um, another kind of message I want for all you guys to hear is that I don't think you guys should find peace at all in any sort of financial uh, future. Uh whether it's precious metals or, or your 401k or whatever investment you think is going to do super well. Maybe you're like the, the wealthiest person uh, listening to this podcast, right? Don't find peace in that, right? That is not something to find peace in, right? It, it's fine to say like, look, I, I'm happy I have that and I'm not, I don't have to worry or whatever. Uh, but that can very easily be taken away. Um, furthermore, we shouldn't find peace in something like money or financial security. Spoiler alert here. That's not where you find long-term peace. You can find short-term peace, happiness, something that feels like that. It's fleeting. Just like happiness from so much of what the world tells us is happiness uh, is, is fleeting. It's, it's short-term ecstasy or short-term happiness, but it's not long-term peace and joy. Right? And I'm here to tell you that, that the only place you're going to find that is is in Jesus, in Jesus Christ, in God, in his word, following his word, um, putting your faith in him, right? Because ultimately, when it's all said and done, uh, your financial future is, is small in comparison. It, it's, it's so incredibly insignificant compared to eternity, compared to what your relationship is with God, that's where you can find that long-term peace. That's where you can find those long-term, I don't know, to borrow a financial term, that long-term return on your investment, right? And that's, that's a really poor way of putting it because I don't ever want to think that I'm just using God for, for, in order to spend an eternity with him or to avoid spending an eternity somewhere else, right? You can look at it that way, but, but honestly, if you want to find long-term peace, in your future, regardless of what your financial picture is going to be. Um, it, it's it's going to be in Jesus, 
right? It's not going to be in a significant other. It's not going to be in a family. It's not going to be in a job. It's not going to be in a hobby. It's not going to be in feeling useful or whatever. It's going to be in Christ alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found. My peace is found. And believe me, every day I try and find it in other places. Right? I try and escape from that at times. It's, it's my own flesh acting out. But time and time again, I'm disappointed. I know you guys can relate. Right, Chris Dwayne, if you're listening, I know you can relate being disappointed. And what I'm saying, I doubt he actually is. What I'm saying here is that if you want to find peace, financial peace for your financial future, you're not going to find it in, in the financial world. If you want to find peace in terms of your health, you're not going to find it in modern or alternative medicine or anything like that. If you want to find peace for your future children, grandchildren, your future relationships, whatever, uh, peace for, for what happens ultimately when you, when you pass away, you're going to find it in Christ alone. Right? And this is such a strong reminder. Like I spent a lot of time with this channel, this podcast, I should call it. And I know a lot of you guys spend a lot of time listening, and some of you guys might disagree with what I'm saying right here right now. But I know, I absolutely know that you can relate to what I'm saying. Like, you know who I'm talking to. I'm sure there's a ton of people listening right now that can relate, that find themselves somewhere between faith and not faith, whatever you are on the spectrum. Christians as well. You can relate when I say that peace in things of this world, to put it lightly, is fleeting. It's so temporary. It's here and then it's gone. And there's something else we can worry and find anxiety about, whatever. Right? And I'm not even talking about the extreme things, like like the, the, the short-term joy or whatever you want to call it, high you can find from, from like drugs or alcohol or, or whatever other vice you want to use or have used or whatever, right? I'm talking about even stuff like like your family. I'm a huge family guy, family man. I have two daughters of my own. I have a dog. I have a wife, right? And, and yeah, I find joy. I find peace in that to some extent. But I know that ultimately the ultimate peace that I'm looking for is not going to be found in that. It's always going to be not enough, right? The only satisfaction I'm ever going to get in life, ultimate satisfaction, is going to be in Christ alone. So I know I've been talking about this for a while now, but it's so important for those of you that are nearing retirement, for those of you that just got out of high school or in high school, wherever you are in that, that age scale, everywhere in between or even well into retirement on your deathbed, that's the only place you're ultimately going to find peace. Prove me wrong. I know you guys can relate. Whether you're a practicing Christian and you know exactly what I'm talking about and like you're like, yes in Christ alone, or, or you're a complete atheist, and you're like, this, this Christianity stuff is total garbage. It's a lie. It's, it's a, based on ancient mythology. It's, it's whatever. I know you can still relate to what I'm saying, though, right? And what I can tell you, like, it, it, empirical data is, is great and all when it comes to, to proof for, for a creator or for financial, you know, financial realm or whatever. Empirical data is great. But what I can tell you from my own personal anecdotal experience, if that means anything to you at all, is that the only hope and the only peace I've been able to find in life is, is in Christ, right? Everything else is temporary. Everything else is, is fleeting. So something to leave you with, something to ponder on this, uh, on this December day. As always, though, thanks for tuning into my podcast. For those of you guys in the YouTube world, I'm going to continue to push this. Tune into my podcast. Listen to my podcast. 
I've been trying to switch you guys over and, and I've gotten a ton of success and I appreciate that, but I'm still holding out to get as many of you guys as possible away from YouTube. I'm not leaving YouTube. I'm not going to stop making my stuff on YouTube. I just post to both podcasts and YouTube uh, platforms. So check the comment section to a link to my podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Otherwise, I'm on other most major pl- platforms. Those are just kind of two top options. But as always, though, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you take all of this to heart in terms of your retirement, but also your, your ultimate hope and peace beyond retirement and, and finances and all that. And God bless.